We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church, and this is Wrestling with the Basics. A few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Lekomsky shared his opinion that Canadian geese should be kept in Canada, citing their numerous droppings which pollute our nation's sidewalks and bike paths. Well, here at KFUO, we believe in being fair and balanced. To share another side of the issue, we have gone to an actual Canadian goose. And so we have with right, us today hey, an hey, actual hey, Canadian hey. goose. We, we, we prefer to be called Canada geese, not uh, Canadian geese. It's Canada geese. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I knew that. I knew that. We have with us a Canada goose who would like to share an opposing view. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Clark. So, so Pastor Lukomsky loves to complain about our droppings, but try to see things from our perspective. Pastor Lukomsky wonders why we don't just poop in the water. Don't you see the lakes and rivers are our homes where we live? Would Pastor Lukomsky like me to come and poop in his bathtub? I think not. He also wonders why we poop on the paths and not on the grass. But we actually do that in consideration of you humans. We put it somewhere that's easy to see. Well, I'll grant you that. Uh, even our little daughter Anna doesn't have any trouble pointing it out. Could you imagine the complaints we would get if we did poop in the grass? All those nature lovers who like to frolic barefoot in the park? Also, when you poop in the grass, it tickles your tail feathers. If you don't believe me, try it out yourself. Uh, no, that's right. I'll, I'll take your word for it. You know, you Americans talk about equality, and that's all we geese really want is to be treated equally. You have litter boxes for cats. Why, I've even seen people pick up dog stuff, put it in bags, and take it home with them. <laughs> that might be asking a lot for geese. Well, the least you could do is put up a few geese porta potties, huh? And my point is if Pastor Lekomsky spent as much time trying to solve the problem as he did complaining about the problem, maybe we wouldn't have a problem. <laughs> well, well said, Mr. Goose. You certainly have given us a different perspective. Uh, by the way, uh, do you know Pastor Lekomsky's home address? Well, I can give it to you off air, I guess. So why? Well, since we're both up here in Minnesota, I thought I'd drop by and give him a piece of my... Uh, uh, my mind, yeah. <laughs> Better him than me. Now, thank you, Mr. Goose, for sharing with us another side of the issue. So, do you have any response, uh, John? Uh, no, how, how can you respond to that, Matt? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, yeah, that, I don't think. <laughs> that, that goose sounds like a New York cabbie. I don't know. He sounds like a well, cab driver to me. For... <laughs> that's, that's probably where, you know, he probably came from New York, came through Minnesota. Uh, you know, it's, it's ironic, though, Matt, the, the, the power of radio, because since we did that little goose thing a few weeks ago, the geese literally have left. <laughs> we don't have any geese up here anymore. <laughs> but something oh, tells man. me they didn't go back to Canada. I think they're heading down your way. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. I'll keep an eye out on our sidewalks, John. <laughs> Watch where you step. Watch where you step. So, you know, back back in the, the days of Paul Clayton, every week we used to do some kind of crazy thing like that. And uh, actually, we're, we're re, re, renewing that. Uh, Gary Duncan now is doing an afternoon program, and we're going to have some strange characters show up and do devotions on Wednesday. Oh, very exciting. On his nice. program. So, so, uh, when is that going to air, John? Do you know what day? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stay tuned, listeners, I think you, because... You, yeah, you recorded something with him today. I recorded something with him. So I'm assuming next week, probably sometime, he'll be starting those uh, new devotions with you and with me. And who knows what other crazy people will show up. Well, let's hope not not a Canada goose. <laughs> <laughs> well, something a little not. more edifying, like <laughs> Luther or maybe Peter or something like that. Matt, oh, Matt, we, yes. we need, this is, can we say it again? Because I yeah, didn't get so to say it with the first you bet. This is wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. As if anyone had any doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, still, so, you're still up in Minnesota, right, John? Yes, yes, we are. Yeah. We are. Good. Uh, like I said, a geese-free Minnesota right now. Because uh, it's, it's getting cold already. Did, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that noise from my computer? No, I, I did not. Didn't. Good, no. good. Because um, I'm booting up my Bible software here because we do need to get to what we're really all about, which is studying the Scripture. Um, and you were talking about uh, the weeping prophet. And I'm yeah, sure Jeremiah, Jeremiah heard, heard that script. He's crying all the more. <laughs> <laughs> I gave but, him something um, to weep about. Yeah, I gave him something to weep about. So what chapter, what chapter were we in last week? Because I would just want to pick up on some things you said last week first. Oh, my goodness, John. I don't remember. I know. Um, let, let's see. Uh, let me let me check. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, this week, I want to look a little at, at chapter 13. Uh, but uh, let's see where we were at last time. It, was it 12 last time or 9 well, or Let's something? take a look here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Was it? Uh, chapter twelve, verses one through five. Does that sound right? That that does sound right. That yeah, that's okay. exactly what it was. Okay, um, and and just view with the people. So 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 uh, like Job, uh, Jeremiah had been complaining, and what essentially was the answer that God had given to Jeremiah in uh, chapter twelve, verses one through five? Yeah, so verse verse five is kind of where it, it really you know, God's reply comes, and, and the Lord says to him, "If you've raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? And if in a safe land you are so trusting, what will you do in the thicket of the Jordan?" So, in other words, you know, if you're complaining now with with what's taking place, uh, boy, uh, just hold on because times uh, they're going to get worse. Uh, if you if you're wearied racing men, well, just wait till you're racing against the horses, Jeremiah. It's going to be even even worse, even more <laughs> difficult. If you're trying so, to run against Secretariat, good luck. Good luck. 
Um, and, and, and honestly, as we were talking about that last week, I was thinking, well, that's kind of rude. <laughs> you know, really, God? So, you know, it's going to get worse. You know, who, you who do you think you're talking to here? I'm God. Um, but as I was looking over the chapter before, it struck me, I don't know that God really could say much else to Jeremiah with his whining and his complaining. Because God said clearly at the end of chapter 11, he said, Behold, I will punish them, referring to all of Jeremiah's enemies. The yeah. young men shall die by the sword, their sons and daughters shall die by famine, and none of them shall be left. For I will bring disaster upon the men of Anathoth, the year of their punishment. So essentially God said, Jeremiah, I'm going to take care of all of these people who are opposing you. And, and yet Jeremiah just kept whining and complaining. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. 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 His big complaint was, like we talked about last time, is is why do good things happen to bad people, Lord? Yeah. And and like you said, it, it's kind of a moot complaint because already the Lord said, no, they're they're going to be taken care of. Uh, don't worry about them. That that's not your job, Jeremiah. I'll take care of that, and I'm also going to take care of you too. And yet Jeremiah still complains. Yeah. And, and and here's the other thing I thought was interesting about that chapter. So so number one. If God comes and says to you, as he does regularly on, on Wrestling with the Basics and other shows in KFU, you're my precious children, I love you, I forgive you, I'm going to deliver you from harm here and eternal harm uh, and, and hell, and we're still whining and complaining, what, what else do you want God to say? <laughs> right? Yeah. What else can he say? But the other thing I thought was interesting was after he said that, to Jeremiah, he then goes on at the end of chapter 12 and says this, which I thought was really, so after I have plucked them, so in other words, talking about what he's going to do to those that are opposing uh, 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 Jeremiah, he's going to pluck them, he's going to pluck them from the land, pluck them from the house of Judah, he says. But then what strikes me is, after I have plucked them, I will again have compassion on them, and I will bring them again each to his own heritage and each to his land. So, you know, it's not just that I'm going to take care of you, Jeremiah, but here's the thing you can't comprehend. These people who are your enemies, I don't have any desire to destroy them, but rather I, I'm going to bring them repentance. I'm actually going to restore them. I'm going to have compassion on them, even as I've had compassion upon you with all of your whining and complaining. And I'm thinking, Matt, what a God of mercy and hased, that's the Hebrew there, you know, steadfast love, that even for the bad guys, uh, his desire is to uh, uh, bring them to repentance, of course. God doesn't want bad people to be bad people. Uh, he doesn't want us to be bad people. He doesn't want us to hurt or harm others. No, no, that does not please him, and that will bring consequences. But in the end, well, he says it. I don't desire the death of the wicked, but they would repent and live. So remarkable uh, that that's what God wants to do. Even to the people that we hate, even the people that we see as our enemies, uh, he doesn't want to destroy them. No, he would rather turn their hearts and, and make them believers, even as you and I and our listeners are believers. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? And that's in the Old Testament, because I some, sometimes yeah. I think, oh, it's a, it's a wrathful God in the Old Testament. And yeah, there's some wrath to God. Yeah, there's, there, there's discipline. But yeah, I think that's, that's a great point, that he takes no desire in the death of the wicked but that they turn from their ways. And that's what we see in the New Testament, too, at the cross. You know, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. <laughs> they know oh, not yeah. what they do. And then and then I love uh, Stephen as he's being martyred, <laughs> stoned to death. Uh, do not hold this sin against them, he cries out. So, yeah, since God has that heart for even our enemies, well, then so should we. So should we. We want them to turn from their wicked ways and live as well, to know Christ. 
So, so Matt, uh, <laughs> I bet you didn't start a timer when we started this, did you? <laughs> well, I, I did after I was, yeah, we, at some point for the interview with, with Mr. Goose, I started the timer. So yeah, okay. according to my timer, we have a probably about, uh, we've got about another 12 minutes to go. <laughs> okay, cool. For our listeners' benefits, COVID has really, really messed things up. In, in the old days, Matt and I would come, we'd go to the studio together. We had professional people there to help us. <laughs> and, and we had all the electronics in front of us. Now Matt's on a phone, I'm on a phone, or actually over our computers, and it and, uh, gets a little hairy. Okay, good. So I'm relying on you to say when we need to shut up. Okay, okay, sounds Matt. good. Yeah, yeah. That's we need all the help we can get. We're on our own. So We're what are we going to do now? You, you have okay. more about Jeremiah. Let's go on. No, what, what else? We've got so much good stuff in Jeremiah. So we're going to uh, we're going to continue now to the next chapter, chapter thirteen. So uh, if you're okay. following along at home, open up to chapter thirteen, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, listening today, listening, um, and the importance of listening, because okay. I, I think, um, boy. Speaking of COVID, with, with COVID going on and, and all these worries about um, school, boy, as school gets started again, what's that going to look like in person or online? And, and all the different worries that, that start to stack up and everything we hear on the news, I think it's so easy for all of those voices uh, to start to drown out the voice of, of God, <laughs> the voice yes. of God's word. Too uh, many so, voices. Oh, too many. That's exactly right. And too They're many all negative voices, too. Oh, my goodness. More now than ever, it feels like. Uh, and all competing for our attention and our allegiance. And, and God's word needs to cut through all that. And we, we need to listen by the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet, you know, that's, that's been the challenge throughout history. Um, there was a challenge among the people of Judah, as, as Jeremiah writes to them. So just, just a brief overview, John. I'm just, it's a handful of verses. Uh, Jeremiah 7, okay. it says, they did not listen to me or incline their ear, God says. Jeremiah 43, they did not listen to the voice of the Lord. Jeremiah 44, they did not listen or incline their ear or turn from evil. So, I mean, we see this theme again and again throughout Jeremiah is that the people aren't listening. They're not listening to the Lord. And so what do they need? Uh, they need something to grab their attention. They need uh, maybe a, a visual aid or the a uh, more theological word is a prophetic sign, <laughs> oh, okay. a prophetic okay, sign. Yeah. So a sign that a prophet uses to get the people's attention. Um, and that's what Jeremiah does. I don't know, John, you, you think of any other prophetic signs in the, the scriptures in the Old Testament in particular that God's used to kind of get people's attention, um, you know, above and beyond using only words. Well, I, I mean, all the time with Jeremiah, he's he's doing all kinds of uh, object lessons, you might call them. Uh, yeah. You know, Jesus loves to use object lessons. Yeah. To the, the the fig tree and and uh, uh, well, and I guess if you want to think about it, I suppose dividing the Red Sea that that might be a very powerful object lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. you know, the problem is I don't know that people even pay attention with the object lessons sometimes, Matt. I know, I don't, yeah. even with yeah. that. But I, I think of Moses' life, too, the Red Sea and the, the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments. You know, God didn't have to put them on stone. He could have just told the people, but yeah. he chose to yeah. have something visible. And the, the tabernacle and the, the Ark of the Covenant and all those things. And then when we get to the prophets, um, Isaiah walks around 
barefoot and naked for three years. <laughs> that's, that's an Isaiah 20, if our listeners want to look that one up. Um, you know, uh, Ezekiel, way, oh my Matt, goodness. I, I know you love to use object lessons, but I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I, know, I don't just, think my just wife a would suggestion. Love me. It might have yeah, worked for yeah. Isaiah, but I don't think that's going to work for you. <laughs> but some of these graphic, I mean, think about Hosea. Um, he's, he's told to marry, remember who he's supposed to marry? A prostitute. You know, that's oh, what yes. God yeah. commands yeah. him to do. And that was a sign. You know, these aren't your typical Sunday school stories, some of these. Uh, but yet these are the signs that God commands people to do. And, and it almost seems like in some ways the more bizarre the sign is, the more likely perhaps people are to listen to it or uh, remember it. Uh, because some of these things that God commands people to do kind of leaves a scratch in our heads. Um, and, all right. You know, the, yeah. the, the irony is, though, you know, God has given us two very, very powerful signs, and yet they're just the opposite, that they are so ordinary it would be easy to overlook them. And I'm talking about the water of baptism and the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper. But they are signs, and they're intending to do the same thing, to get us to pay attention and listen and have faith. Yeah, I think it's a great point. So whether it's ordinary like water and bread and wine, or whether it's extraordinary like walking around naked and, and marrying a prostitute, yeah. the, the, the point is always, always uh, God's word, um, to point people to God's word so that people might, again, listen, listen. Um, and certainly in the sacraments, boy, that's, that's what's key is God's word connected to those visible elements. Um, yeah, and, so, and thank you for, for yeah. making that point, Matt, because that, that's important. I'm glad you said that, because it's not good enough just to go up there and eat and drink. We, we need to listen to what he says about what we're eating and drinking, that it's the body and blood given and shed for us. That's what makes it important. Yeah, good point. Yes, yeah, faith in those words. Yes. Uh, so the, the visible sign we want to look at in Jeremiah chapter 13 is underwear. <laughs> so, I saw that. I was reading ahead. We're yes. yeah, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. so again, another bizarre sign again from the Lord, uh, underwear. Uh, so, so let's, let's get into it here. Um, if you don't mind, John, reading verses uh, one and two of chapter 13. Thus says the Lord to me. All right. So again, this wasn't some crazy idea of, of, uh, uh, of uh, Jeremiah. No, this is the Lord's idea. Go and buy a linen loincloth and put it around your waist and do not dip it in water. So I bought a loincloth according to the word of the Lord again, yeah, and put it around my waist. All right. Keep reading. Very no? good. No, man, let's stop yeah. there. So, yeah, okay. so God, God, first of all, he, he calls Jeremiah, tells him to go shopping, all right? Uh, go yeah. buy that linen loincloth. Um, the, the, the word in Hebrew there, and that's translated as loincloth in our in our English Bibles is uh, the word asor, uh, asor, okay. uh, and and it can be translated different ways. It can be translated as a, a waistband, uh, or a girdle, or uh, an undergarment. Um, okay. You know, I think the the most literal translation of asor is fruit of the loom. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I'm just joking. Uh, or Haynes, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so, okay, like, I, I think it's, a, it, but the point is, I, I'm going with underwear. I think underwear is probably a pretty okay. good translation uh, of what we have in our Bibles as a loincloth. Um, the, the other thing that's interesting, too, is did you notice what the loincloth is made out of? Uh no, does it? Oh, linen, linen loincloth. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. it's a linen loincloth, and and it's kind of interesting. Um, 
you know, there there's this, you know, I don't want to get too graphic for our listeners, but but there's sort of this this picture here, okay, of this linen loincloth. And it's this, it's a very personal piece of clothing. I mean, just like our underwear today, right? It's kind of personal, you know, go off, showing off your underwear. Um, and it's, it's very close to our body. It's against the skin, right? And, and yes. this idea that, that God has this closeness to his, his people, that he's bound ah. himself to Israel, to Abraham uh, in his promises. So, so this, this loincloth, it's, it's, it reminds us, it's a picture of this closeness, this, this relationship between God and his people. God and his people are inseparable, and especially his words and promises to his people are, are inseparable. Um, and that's, that's part of the picture here, that, that as they go through the Red Sea, right, God is with them and bound to them, uh, that God's mission is their mission, that, that they're his people, he is their God. So there, there's a point to this being a loincloth. Uh, this closeness uh, when it comes to God and his people. You, you know, I, I wonder if there's any relationship to the the swaddling clothes, you know, because you've got that same thing in the New Testament where that's that's emphasized, that you find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And I think it's in Ezekiel where uh, God says the same thing. He looked at Israel and Israel was naked. And so he swaddled. Israel. I mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but the same kind of concept that God, yeah. without God, we are naked, but he's, he wants to clothe us. He wants to be close to us, provide for us. Yeah. I think it's kind of a cool picture that, and, and you, you know, know what? He... that's what my grandmother used to do for me, uh, dear Anita, before she passed away. Every Christmas, she would give me underwear. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, what it's, people, it's, it's what people who really, truly love you do. <laughs> that's right. They know what your needs are, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So God, he's, he's closest to his people as he, 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 he clings to them. And then, yeah, you know, Jesus kind of Israel reduced to one, right? This is God's yeah. chosen son right there in the manger. Uh, and, and he's swaddled again. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's kind of a cool connection. Um, a little, a little more uh, history about sixth uh, century BC uh, undergarment practices, John. Um, <laughs> well, thank you, Matt. How yeah, appropriate. I'm, I'm sure of our listeners. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so usually, usually uh, these loincloths they weren't always made out of linen. So that that's interesting that it mentions that in particular because uh, a mm -hmm. lot of times these loincloths are made out of leather. If you can imagine that. Oh yeah, um, no, I, you see that when you got the gladiators and stuff in the movies. They yeah, yeah. Their loincloths. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so so what, what people would do is they wear their, their loincloth, their underwear by day, and then at night they would they would rinse it out, you know, wash off the leather yeah. and hang it up to dry, and then hey, guess what? It's ready to go for the next day. Um, yeah. but did you notice did, did you notice what God commands? We're, we're not um, we're not washing them. We're not washing the underwear. I did yeah. notice we're not dipping in water. Yeah, do not dip it in water. So, you know, people would have one loincloth, right? They, they don't have a whole drawer yeah. throw of loincloths. Okay, they're not they're like not us today. They probably have, have a... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We have a whole drawer devoted to underwear and socks and things. That, not so. You got one, one loincloth and that's it. So Jeremiah's one linen loincloth, the Lord commands him, don't dip it in water. In other words, don't wash it. So how long did that go on? We, we don't know. It could have been days. It could have been weeks. It could have been months. I mean, it could have been the case that this underwear stank uh, to high heaven. Uh, we just don't know. But for a time, at least, God tells him, don't dip it in water. Don't wash it. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. So, so just when you think this is sounding strange, it gets stranger, John. So let's let's try to read today at least. Uh, we've we've got about another minute and a half, I guess. Okay. Uh, maybe we can read verses uh, three through five, and we'll we'll uh, stop and there. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, and again the emphasis it's the word of the Lord. Take the loincloth that you have bought, which is around your waist, and arise, go to the Euphrates and hide it there in a cleft of the rock. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. Yeah. Okay. So it gets even stranger. So now yep. Jeremiah yeah, called to take a trip in his rancid underwear, and he's called to go take it off, dig a hole in the rock, and bury it. And uh, I don't know. I, I kind of would. I wonder what Jeremiah thought about that. You know, uh, certainly he probably thought this is a little strange. Uh, but then also maybe he's like good riddance, you know, then yeah, wear this thing me. around. At and least it's I get to, to change my underwear. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it's starting to stink and people are looking at me. And that's kind of the point to draw a little attention to it, too. So so Jeremiah goes, he buries the underwear in a rock. And then uh, verses six and seven. Boy, the story gets even stranger. But but John, I think we're going to have to start to call right. it a day hey, as our timer runs down. Back. Uh, but boy, okay. yeah, don't yeah, don't leave. Don't leave. Jeremiah's underwear there in a rock, uh, his dirty <laughs> underwear. Come back next week. Please join us next Saturday morning uh, for the rest of the story. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.